1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V-N Lions, right here on the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, joined, as always, by the all-pro safety, the interception leader, the former Lion, the former Texan, The all-pro, all-world Glover Quinn. What's up, man? (laughs) Not too much. Just another week living the dream. Uh, We do have the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend, so I thought I would welcome them to town, embrace them with their uh, the the teal and the Hawaiian shirts. I see that.
1: Get a little sunshine in there.
2: Be a gracious host until we beat the brakes off of them and send them packing.
1: Send them packing, man. Send them back to Jacksonville what a what a l
2: yeah you gotta do it especially two former lions coming to town two lions that you actually played with former cornerback that you played with who is now a wide receiver jamal agnew as well as marvin jones who i'm sure you practiced against quite a bit but agnew you were practicing alongside not against weren't you
1: yeah i mean agnew was a was a corner you know and and we used him a little bit on offense a couple trick plays but he took most of his reps as, as a corner um, nickel guy. He was, a, he was a good good young player, you know what I'm saying? Um, really good returner, though, really good returner. And I think that's probably how he's made his mark in the league for over these last few years. Um, and then Marvin, you know, I practiced with Marvin, obviously, but I, I remember being when I was in Houston, you know, when 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 we were winning divisions and 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 making playoffs, when I was in Houston in 2011 and 12, I think Marvin was it was his rookie year 2011. So I remember playing him in the playoffs uh, with the Bengals, and uh, so I had plenty of plenty of battles with with Marvin, and 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 so I'm sure those guys would be excited to get back to Detroit, and I mean it's always fun, I guess, to go back and play where you played at. Um, see some old friends if there's anybody there that that you know was there when you were there um but that's always fun
2: football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and as your continued source for all sports wagering info bet online features live betting free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Were you still at corner when you played against Marvin Jones, or did you kind of move back to safety at that point?
1: I was at safety.
2: Okay, so you were dealing yeah, with obviously. everyone. You were dealing with A.J. Green. You were dealing with Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones. You had to worry mm-hmm. about them all. Yeah, I'm sure you were a bit more worried about A.J. Green, though, because that man was dominant.
1: Back oh, he he was, was good, man. I actually, I mean... I actually played. I mean, one, one, 2012, maybe we played when we played them in the playoffs in 2012. I think I had probably five pass breakups that game. Love Balling. It.
2: Balling. Was that Andy we, Dalton that you were uh, making life miserable for?
1: Yeah, I think it was Andy Dalton, but I was on uh, Jermaine Gresham, the big mm. tight end, and AJ Green a couple times because, you know, when you're playing. I was playing more dime and safety because you know it weight, you know, we was in a three-four, but we would go dime almost all the time. And so when we was playing a dime, I was the linebacker, me and Brian Cushing. Um so what a
2: fearsome duo that was.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was it actually worked out great because I was the one that was doing like the covering. So I was basically into the cover the tight ends. And Brian Cushing was in there to be free and go wreak havoc like he does. So most of the time the back was responsible for Brian Cushing. So the back didn't want to block Brian <laughs> Cushing, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? But he didn't have to worry about covering the tight ends and stuff like that. I took care of all the coverage stuff and he just was able to play and fly around and and you know he made a lot, a lot of plays, but it was just fun. So I remember in that playoff game, like I said, I was on Jermaine Gresham. I think there was, yeah, Jermaine Gresham, the big tight end from Oklahoma. Uh, I was on him uh, the whole game, and like I said, I got a poster. Somebody got it. I probably gave it to somebody. MVP poster, big big poster. Like, I got a couple of them on my wall, back but I wish I could show them to you guys. But it was kind of cool because, like, when I was in Houston, you know, whenever you win, they, they would pick an offensive MVP, defensive MVP, special teams MVP, and then they would get, like, big – posters like probably this probably is a 40 by 60. Because it, it's bigger than 30, it's bigger than 32 by 40. So it's I it's mean big. it's it, yeah it's a big big poster but they will have it hanging up in the uh in in like the hallway because at NRG is not like it is in, in Detroit. It would be like It's like in Detroit, you got a separate practice facility. They practice in Allen Park, but they play in Ford Field. It'd be like playing, it'd be like practicing at Ford Field. So, like Mm -hmm. all your corporate, because at NRG, the lock, like you're there. So, all the corporate people that work at the stadium, they're there. They just work upstairs and in different areas of the stadium, but you're there as well. And then they have all types of other things going on in there from concerts to, shows and this and that so you know when you win mvp and they hang your poster up in the hallways and stuff everybody that comes through there they get to see that big poster of you from you know what i'm saying and then once the game is over with once the once the week is over with then they take the poster down and they give it to you
2: that's a really cool tradition
1: yeah it's actually really cool so i got like i got i had three of them i gave one away i got two of them framed right here but then, like, you know what I'm saying? Imagine, you know, playing – imagine if they were doing that in Detroit. Imagine all the times that, like, Calvin Johnson and Stafford would have, you know, these MVP posters, right? So it was like that in Houston. So Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, those guys had them all the time.
2: Probably – you could probably decorate the – Entire wall of right. house. So,
1: so, so what I did was because they used, I mean, when you get them all the time, you probably don't really care that much, right? So, they would just be stacked up in a locker, just folded up, I mean, like rolled up like a poster. So, one day I was just like, Hey, Andre, man, let me get one of these posters from you, man. Like, and he literally pulled one out, signed it for me, and gave it to me. And it was actually the poster that, um, of a picture when he won the game. So in 2012, before we played the Lions on Thanksgiving, that Thursday, we played the Jacksonville Jaguars that Sunday. And we went into overtime with the Jacksonville Jaguars that Sunday. And we're about two minutes to go in overtime. Andre catches a slant, I think, and takes it about 60, 70 yards for a touchdown, and we win the game. And so they got a picture of him running into the end zone. And that was the poster that he ended up just grabbing and giving to me. So I got that poster. And then I got a big one of like Arian from a playoff game against Cincinnati. So and know I got those two upstairs hanging up. So, I mean, they're cool. They're cool posters, man. So, yeah, That'd I wish be, you guys could see them.
2: Yeah, you're going to have to post some pictures of those later, I think. Uh, make sure that the audience can follow Glover Quinn. So that you can see these later, but that'd be something that'd be really cool for Detroit to embrace, especially this yeah. season. There'd be a lot of different winners, I think.
1: Right. And and you only get it when you win. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, true. So you got to, you got to couple it together because there's times where you might have a big time performance, but you don't get the win. So you don't get any posters. So you got to win and you got to have a good game. So it, it was actually pretty cool. I ain't gonna lie. It's actually pretty cool. I wish you guys could see some of these.
2: Especially see you next to them. Get the size comparison. Jess.
1: Yeah, they're freaking huge. <laughs> they're huge.
2: So looking towards the Lions this Sunday, Jeff Akuda he's limited in practice coming off concussion on Wednesday, Thursday. But that means if he practices in full today, he's going to be good to go. Same with left guard Jonah Jackson. They both have the no contact jersey removed. So that's good to see. Getting healthier.
1: Oh yeah, that, those guys would be fine. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Okuda, I mean, I don't know the extent of his concussion. I don't want to downplay it, but I mean, if it given, I mean, if it wasn't a Thursday Thanksgiving morning game, he probably would have played last week against the Bills. But that quick turnaround, they're not going to clear you in four days. So, um, fortunately for him, it gave him two weeks to to fully fully recover. And so, I would I would expect him to be good to go. Um, Born any setbacks at practice today. And so it's good when you can get those old linemen back, you get him back. I mean, they're in a good spot right now. They just got to go out and, and, and play well. And, you know, getting Jacksonville Jaguars at home is a very winnable game for them. And, you know, to put them at five wins, if they can get that win and you just never know.
2: Getting to five wins would be huge. Cause then that puts us on the path to six wins and so on and so forth. And, The Lions have officially removed DeAndre Swift from the injury report. He's been for weeks, even when he was practicing in full, he still had shoulder, ankle, shoulder, ankle, every practice. They have officially taken him off. Does that actually mean he's fully healthy? Or how does that typically work when you've had this nagging injury and all of a sudden you are no longer listed?
1: I mean, it just means that you're good to go. You don't. You're no longer on the injury report. That doesn't mean that you.
2: You're still hurting, right?
1: Yeah, that just means you can get through practice. We don't have to take reps off of you in practice. We don't have to hold you out of a drill because of this and, this and that. You can fully practice if you need to practice. When you're still on the injury report, it's kind of like, hey, well, he got a shoulder. He's good to play, but we're still gonna hold him out of, you know blocking drills because the this or that, right? So okay. he's, 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 he doesn't, he can fully practice full speed, a full practice. um Doesn't mean he don't still probably go and get treatment and continue to make himself feel better, but he's basically to, to the point now where we can no longer say he's injured. That- he can play, he can play at a high enough level now
2: that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of what I was wondering. Cause even when Deandre Swift was full, I'd imagine that means, yeah, he's full today, but tomorrow he could be limited. We're just going to see what happens. Nice to see that he's good to go. And it's a far cry from the summer when we were getting ready for a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving yards. That's what Swift was telling people. His goal was injuries have kind of derailed that Jamal Williams has stepped up in a huge way. And then You start seeing the fantasy football websites talking about, oh, the Jaguars—they haven't allowed a running back to score in three games. And then you go back and actually look at the games. Okay, well the the Ravens just had historic failures on the goal line. I think they went zero for four. So yeah, makes sense. Week before, Patrick Mahomes throws four touchdowns against the Jaguars. So yeah, no running back scores when Patrick Mahomes throws four. And then the Raiders, Devontae Adams had two. So. It's always funny when people take these small sample sizes to say, Oh, the Jaguars run defense is so good, they're not allowing touchdowns, and then you go back, well, that's not true at all.
1: Right. I mean, and, and that's stuff that you have that happens all the time, right? Like, like I say, a lot of time it you you see it the opposite way, though. You yeah. see a team have a really good pass defense in the rate in the rankings. But their Russian defense is last in the league. And it's like, well, yeah, we don't have to throw for 300 yards on you because we're running it for 300 yards. So we only threw the ball eight times for 125 yards. Yeah, you're going to be tops in, the, in passing yards, but you're bottom in rushing yards. So it's kind of the opposite. You know, so you got to be tops in rushing. We don't have to run it on you. We can just throw it all over the place and score four, five, six touchdowns. So, yeah, it's funny how those guys get into all that stuff. So hopefully that 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 trend continues. I mean, you know, we throw it to our running backs out the backfield. DeAndre the Swift can catch a pass, you know. I mean, if we get down inside the five, Jamal's going to punch it in. So that streak will probably end this week.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's you can always dive deeper into any statement. And a lot of the times when it comes to football media, it's really easy to debunk the stats that they're pulling out because there's always another layer to it. And I'm sure that's not really the case when you're on the field in the locker room, because coaches are smart enough to look at everything and say, yeah, okay. They are technically the best pass defense, but Look at who they actually have and look how they're actually defending. It's not the players. It's how terrible they are against the run.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: It, it's <laughs> it's just, it's funny. that I imagine the narratives that we're all hearing in the media are very different from what the coaches are pre- preaching ahead of defending these offenses.
1: Right. I mean, the coaches know. They know the truth. The players know the truth. Well, that's the cool thing about it. I mean, reporters report what they want to be reported, right? They create storylines, make things bigger or smaller than what it really is. And that's cool because it's media. It drives attention. It drives stuff to the game, regardless of if you like it or not. It drives it to the game. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It gets people interested a good headline or a bad headline it gets people interested and so they do a good job i guess covering it i mean when you're on one side of you may not like it but at the end of the day they do a, they do a good job covering the games and um so coaches know players know they know the truth and there's problems in Jacksonville That maybe the media isn't covering, but the players know. The same way with the Detroit Lions. There may be some problems, that the media may not address it or they may cover it in a certain way, but the players know. Hey, we're not very good at this right here, but we're ranked high because, well, they don't ever get it inside the 20 on us because they're scoring from the 40 on us every time. (laughs) So we're going to be number one in red zone defense, but they're never in the red zone. Cause we're last in big plays. <laughs>
2: there, there was something like that earlier in the season. I think the Panthers were the best red zone offense, <laughs> but they couldn't get it to the red zone. So it didn't matter. That's why we're here though. That's why the believe network exists. And so that way we can take these little, little things that aren't necessarily lies, but we can just add the full context to it. Yes. <laughs> Cause no one in their right mind thought the Panthers were an elite red zone offense at any point.
1: No. No, especially this year no
2: and looking ahead to some of the narratives surrounding this game we've got dj chark in his revenge game reunion game whatever you want to call it i'm leaning more towards the reunion game where he gets to see his friends from the team because urban meyer's gone if urban meyer was still there i would absolutely call it a revenge game but DJ Chark has no beef with Doug Peterson. He's probably liked Trevor Lawrence for the time that they played together. He grew up with Marvin Jones, so I think reunion's the proper way to phrase
1: this. Was was DJ Chark a free agent? Yes, he was. Did he get released from Jacksonville, or was his contract up?
2: His contract just expired. And they didn't well, decide. I mean,
1: like I say, I, I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong, and maybe I'm just not understanding the terms. But I feel like if your contract is up and you don't get re-signed... It's still not a revenge game. Yeah, it's, it's a reunion game. If you get cut before your contract is up or you get cut during training camp or you get traded, you know, now we may be talking about revenge, right? Like, hey, man, my contract wasn't up, but you guys cut me, right? You guys traded me. Like, you didn't want me. Or, but, like, my contract was up with the Texans. I ain't have any revenge. Like, I held up my end of the bargain. They held up their end of the bargain. They didn't want our relationship to continue going forward. That's fine. I moved on, right? It's not revenge. It's like, I mean, you know, you, you may want to show them that they made a bad decision, but it ain't revenge, especially when it's a whole new staff.
2: That's the thing.
1: It's like you, because you don't have, unless you have some beef with the players, you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah. No, I completely agree. It, there's got to be more than just I left for it to be a revenge game. You, yeah. you send Darius Slay away, that can be a revenge game. You send Quandre right. Diggs away, that can feel like a revenge game. Mitchell Trubisky, his contract expires, but I don't think he feels he got a fair shake in Chicago. So maybe he views that as a revenge game. But, but I don't know why that. he
1: don't feel like he got a fair shake. The <laughs> starting quarterback. He was the starting quarterback. Like, what do you mean you didn't get a fair shake? You were the starting quarterback. If you don't perform and they make a change, how do you not get a fair shake? You were the starting quarterback. <laughs> like...
2: Some guys just hold on to it, though, and they create their own revenge, almost like Michael Jordan. He was getting revenge. Every game was a revenge game for Michael Jordan. Yeah. I think it's one of those more than anything, but it's got to be something more than just you are on a new team.
1: You know, I, <laughs> like I say, I feel like when there's, you know, like the perfect example this year would be like Carolina playing Arizona. Arizona and Robbie Anderson gets revenge on the Arizona Cardinals, right? You had a situation, you get released, you find a new team, and then you go play. Like, that's revenge, right? Um,
2: A.J. Brown against the Titans this weekend?
1: A.J. Brown against the Titans, right? Did he he get released or they didn't want to pay him or something like that? He got
2: traded because they didn't want to pay him, but every other receiver that was in his class got paid by the team that drafted him.
1: Yeah, so that's like a revenge game, right? Stuff like that. Random, like regular stuff. Your contract up. We decide not to resign you. That's not revenge, bro. That's football. That's business. That's
2: that's the life. That's the reunion game. Just getting to play yeah. with your friends again. Go see,
1: go, see, go see your homies, man. If you didn't like the coach, that's fine. You don't got to talk to the coach. Like, Go see your homies, man, and keep it moving. Yeah.
2: And I want to be clear, DJ Chark's not the one building this up. It's the media from Jacksonville and Detroit. But for him, it seems as though he's at peace with it. He's happy in Detroit. And, yeah, he's ready to make some plays against his former team, especially because he wants to win. He wants to continue the playoff race. And it looks like he'll be doing it without the help of Jamison Williams for at least one more week. There's an outside shot that Jamison plays, but I don't know if you saw the videos of him running in just drills. He is
0: fast, fast.
1: Yeah, he fast, fast. And I mean, I ain't going to take nothing away from him because he's already ran a fast time. But he's also fresh-legged as well. These guys have been playing and training camp and practicing. So he's fresh-legged and all that stuff. But he did look very, 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 very very explosive coming out. Um, But that right there doesn't, that doesn't, for me, it's exciting. But that doesn't impress me when I'm thinking about him coming off ACL because like when you have a leg injury, knee, ankle, things like that it's easy to run full speed. It's harder to jog. It's easy to run full speed. But I want to see can you cut? Right? Like how comfortable are you running full speed, coming to a complete stop, making a cut left or right, coming out of your brakes, coming off of an ACL. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easy. People don't realize it's easy to run full speed. Your feet are not on the ground. Your knees are not on the ground very long or hard because you're moving, right? When you're jogging, you put a lot of pressure on that knee because you're slow, it's weight, that ankle, Right, so it's harder to jog, it's easier to run full speed, but I want to see can you cut, right? How comfortable do you feel, bursting out off the line, but then coming to a complete stop and making a cut on that leg and stuff like that. So it's good to see him running and look like he's finally having some fun, getting to be involved, being practice and do some of the things like that. Um, But I'd be interested to see how he looks, you know, when he's having a cut and you know, is he thinking about it or is he just out there being normal and natural?
2: It is going to be really interesting to see what actually happens. This is just another step forward in his rehab. We'll see if he plays this Sunday. If not, he has to make his return against. Well, sorry, he doesn't have to make his return against the jets. He has to be activated to the roster against the jets. Doesn't have, mean he has to play. So we're going to be following that. And we are going to be following Aiden Hutchinson this weekend. And, Hutch has been kind of the ideal rookie in terms of media coverage. He doesn't say anything too outlandish. There's nothing crazy that gets picked up. He just, he's a business as usual. And then he shows the personality with the Billy Jean. So that was all, that was nice as well. But this week he gets asked about the Jacksonville Jaguars and he actually admitted, we actually saw the inside thoughts of Aiden Hutchinson finally, that it bothered him that the Jaguars snubbed him in the draft because for about four months, the Jaguars were treating him like he was the, the pick, the only pick. And then the week before the draft, he hears, uh, your arms are too short, Aiden. Sorry. We're going to go with the, uh, another edge defender. Cause your arms are too short. Nothing about your game, nothing hmm. about your college career. It is just the arm length. And so Aiden wants everyone to know that we're going to see if that inch was the difference.
1: Hey, man, that right there, not revenge games, but those are things that drive people in a career. You know what I'm saying? Like every time he plays against Jacksonville, he probably wants to. And it has nothing to do with the coaches because that's an organizational thing, right? Could have been the GM, could have been this. All I know is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it, to him, it may be more personal. It may have been the coach. It may have been somebody specific, so he'll remember that. But as of right now, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a phenomenal game. you how it happens. I mean, I felt the same way about Lovey Smith. I've said that several times, and I had a great career against Lovey Smith and the Chicago Bears. So just be like that sometime.
2: Interesting. I, I that is. I did. I, I knew you made some plays against the Chicago Bears especially in Detroit, but kind of uh, forgot that it was the extra motivation. Good to know. Hopefully that leads to a big day from Aiden Hutchinson. And hopefully we see another big day from James Houston, who's emerging as an edge rusher for the Lions as well. Two sacks in his first game. Taylor Decker, and I know, of course, he's going to say this. It's his guy. It's his teammate. But he says that all summer, James Houston has been giving him issues. Decker and offensive line coach Hank Fraley were talking. Why why have we not seen this guy on the field yet? And then Aaron Glenn, yes, he's excited for the rookie, but he pumps the brakes. I know you're putting him out there to be the next Lawrence Taylor, but there's more than just pass rushing to being a good football player.
1: Right. And and that's what you see. I mean, you know, he was a late round draft pick out of Jackson State. Came from Florida, though, but played at the University of Florida. So he has the talent, right? Um, went to Jackson State was there for a couple of years and, you know, was able to get drafted coming out of that program. Um, but he probably was, you know, on, on different aspects of the game. He probably was a little behind or just needed to work on things because, you know, I mean, depending on what they're asking you to do. I mean, if you only know how to rush a passer, now they are asking you to drop in coverage. That may be foreign language to you. It takes a little while to learn it and get comfortable with it. And vice versa, if you've only been dropping in coverage and now they want you to rush the passer, that like, that could be a totally different thing. But seems like he's a natural pass rusher, or you know, get after the quarterback type of guy. But he's probably not big enough to be a defensive end. So now you got to play linebacker. So you got to play Sam or some type of you know, like off the ball linebacker, but we can't blitz you every single play. You got to be able to cover man to man. Sometimes you got to be able to drop into some zone sometimes. And sometimes it just takes some, some practice. And that could be one of the reasons why you hadn't seen him as much. Um, but then again, if I put you in a game and you're, you're getting sacks, two of them on Thanksgiving, I mean, I got to give you some more time to see if you can get maybe two more. That's kind of how it works. Right. So it may become a point to where, Hey, I don't need you to drop into a pass rush. I just need you to go get the quarterback because you got that ability. So just got to see. But I mean, they they liked him. They put him on practice squad. And, and if he's been given Taylor problems, and you know, they, the offensive line feel like, man, this guy right here is it, well, luckily he stayed under the radar for a while. And maybe the Lions can really put him on and he can have a good, strong end into the season.
2: Let's hope we would love to see that because. We saw it with Aiden Hutchinson too. He at the start of his career, yeah, he was getting pressure, but he was failing to make the sacks in the pocket, he was getting beat, he was not setting the edge. So James Houston maybe we're starting to see him take that development as as well, not getting beat, not allowing the play to get outside of him cuz that matters a lot for player coaches across the NFL, especially when you're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars cuz We say this every damn week, but it's an athletic quarterback. Trevor Lawrence can run. He doesn't do it often, but he can do it. You got to contain him on the bootlegs. And it seems, though, Trevor Lawrence might be kind of ascending as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the NFL. All these guys, week in and week out, they're going to all be able to spin it. And when I say spin it for our listeners, that means throw it. And they're all going to be able to run. So I'm going to run faster than others, but they're going to all be able to do it. And Trevor is no different. He's young, great arm, and he can move. So every week is going to be the same thing. You just will hope by week 12 or 13 that the Lions are prepared and ready to stop You know, somewhat mobile quarterbacks. They've played guys who are better, so hopefully they don't come in and feel like it's going to be a cakewalk, but they hopefully feel like they – We can stop Trevor Lawrence from scrambling, and you have those guys that really don't want to scramble. You know what I'm saying? They do it if they have to, but they really don't want to have. They really don't want to scramble. Um, And I think that's Trevor. I think he does it, but I don't know if he really wants to do it.
2: I I think you're right. He seems the kind of guy where it's a bootleg and uh, it's only six yards till a first down. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh wait, no, and then he'll pull up at the last second because he doesn't have to. But you can do it, so you can't just give it to them. But they did a good job of that against Daniel Jones. It was a little bit tougher against Josh Allen, who's an elite runner. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially because Trevor's flying high off of that win against the Ravens. Three TDs, 300 yards, and a fourth-quarter comeback against the Ravens. That is a statement win if you can continue to build off of it. So we'll see what happens. But at the same point, Saquon Barkley had a statement win for himself and the Lions completely shut Saquon down
1: yeah I think the Lions will be fine I think Jacksonville did a great job last week beating the Ravens they they came back but the Ravens have dropped four or five games in the fourth quarter so I don't know what it is with the Ravens and the fourth quarter It's like they only play three quarters and then they just try to survive in the fourth and some games they haven't been able to survive um but I don't think the Lions uh you know I think they get Jacksonville by 10 points
2: oh i love it yeah absolutely love it what are your thoughts on doug peterson the super bowl winning head coach heading to jacksonville because in all honesty it seems as though he's found his home obviously it didn't end the right way in philadelphia the way he would have hoped but it also seems like the eagles have no regrets either
1: yeah it seems like everybody's happy you know uh, i'm i'm I didn't really I don't really get into a lot of that stuff, man. Like, you know, you talk to some players and they know the coordinators, they know all the coaches, they know their backgrounds, they know their schemes, they know I never really got into all that stuff. Like, I really didn't care for the most part. I mean, I'ma watch what I see on film, I'ma understand this this and that. So I don't really know Doug Peterson like that. I know he was in Philly and he won the Super Bowl and then Things didn't go well or something happened, and now he's in Jacksonville. I don't really know. You know, everybody seems to be happy. Philly seems to be happy. They got a new coach, Nick Sirianni. They are leading the league in, in record. They're the number one team right now. Jacksonville seems to be doing better than they were doing last year. They, they're they getting some wins. They got some good young players. They're building something nice, so I think it, everybody's happy. I don't really have much on Doug Peterson or any of those guys, man. I don't really.
2: That's not a bad know. thing. though. It's nah. it's okay to not have a take sometimes. Yeah. It's okay to just be like, hey, these men seem happy. These teams seems happy. That's good. That's a good That's thing. That's fine with
1: me. I, You know, I don't have time to sit there and think about that. Like, I just don't.
2: One thing I know you do have time to sit and think about, though, is Jalen Hurts mvp of the nfl you said it on instagram maybe tiktok twitter it was all over the place best quarterback on the best team
1: i mean i feel like that's what we come that's what they've made the award out to be yep nobody has won the award outside of a quarterback and i don't know how long if ever Adrian, so,
2: Peterson. Adrian Peterson was the Adrian last, Peterson. actually. And that was with Christian Ponder and his 2,000-yard season. So it took it was. 2,000 yards with us, with Christian Ponder as quarterback. Right. I want to be respectful here.
1: Right. But it's really the best quarterback in the league that gets the MVP. And generally the best quarterback on the best team because if you're on the best team, this would, was, this was and I don't want to downplay it and make it seem so, you know, not like a great accomplishment because it's hard to be nine and two in the NFL. Like, that's hard to do. It's a lot of, there's only one team that's done it, but maybe two. But the Eagles are 10 and one.
2: 10 and one, Vikings are nine and two. Yeah.
1: 10 and one. So it's hard to be 10 and one in the NFL. Hence, that's why there's only one team that's done it, right? So it's also hard to play quarterback on the best team, right? Because there's teams that are good that don't have good quarterback play and they haven't won 10 games, right? There's teams that are good and they got good quarterback play, but they still haven't won 10 games. So I don't want to downplay what I'm saying when I say, well, it's just the best quarterback on the best. It's hard to be (laughs) the best quarterback on the best team. Let me put it like that. So for you to be on the best team and to get 10 wins, your quarterback has been playing well. And that's what we've seen from Jalen Hurts from day one. We watch, We had a chance to watch him not up close and personal because we weren't at the game, but intently because we were watching the game for our show at least. And we saw Week One against the Lions that he and he's played paused and and controlled. I said it from the day one. I said, man, he just looked like he was in control. He looked so paused. He looked, I mean, he looked really good. And he's been the same way all year. Yeah, he's had a couple plays here there. That's football. That's normal. But overall, he's played really good. He's led this team. He's made big plays in big moments. He's made big throws in big moments. And they're a ten and one football team. So he's the best quarterback on the best team. So why wouldn't he be the MVP? We could say Patrick Mahomes, sure, putting up good numbers. He ain't the best team. Kirk Cousins, he on a good team, but he ain't putting up numbers like Jalen.
2: He's not the best. That's the thing. You the gotta best. be the best team and the best quarterback. Right. Kirk's not the best quarterback.
1: Josh Allen. Good quarterback. But when you look at their record, they're eight and what? Three now? Eight uh, and four now? Eight, eight and three? Eight and nine and three? Whatever. And, they just played three. last night. Eight would and four. Look at, hey,
2: nine and nine and three now, they would be.
1: And you and you probably could say, because he went through a little stretch, that Josh Allen is probably the reason why the Bills aren't ten and one.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. You can.
1: Right? I mean, I'm not saying it's it's just his fault. But you look at some of those games, a couple of those interceptions that he threw, a couple of decisions that he made when they were, you know what I'm saying? When you want to say MVP, you make those plays and you win those games. And now instead of being eight and three or nine and three or whatever you are in the wild card, you're 10 and one leading your division. So that's why I said, if that's how we're going to do it, then Jalen Hurts is the MVP.
2: And since they are sitting at 10 and 1, the Eagles would get a bye for the first round of the playoffs. Vikings look like they're going to have the second seed at 9 and 2. 49ers, yeah, they could catch up. They're sitting at 7 and 4, but that's two games behind late in the season. Vikings would have to fall off, and the Niners have to continue to surge. And we all know that the fourth seed is going to be whoever wins the Buccaneers versus the Falcons in week 18. And they're going to host the Dallas Cowboys and probably going to be eliminated first round. Yeah. But after that, those final two playoff spots are the spicy ones because Dallas, they're eight and three. We're going to say they've clinched, even though there's still a ways to go. I don't see them falling off, but now we look at it. It's the Giants, it's the Commanders, it's the Seahawks, it's the Lions, and it's technically the Falcons, but I don't think the Falcons are going to get a wild card. No, They're competing for two spots, and the Giants are the six at seven and four, but they've lost to the Lions. The Commanders are the seventh seed at seven and five, but they've also lost to the Lions, and they face each other twice. Giants and Commanders have two games left to play against each other. So if you look at the Giants' schedule, they've got the Commanders, Eagles, at Commanders, At Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. So if they go three and three in that span, they're a 10 and 17. For the Commanders, they have to go three and two over their final five games to be 10 and seven. And they've got the Giants twice, the Niners, the Browns, and the Cowboys. So three wins is going to be tough for the Commanders. Seahawks, they're at six and five. They need to go four and two to be 10 and seven, face the Rams, the Panthers, the 49ers, Kansas City, the Jets, and the Rams. So it's possible, but when you look at it, if the Lions win out, they are a ten and seventeen. The Giants and the Commanders only have to go three and three and three and two, and those are stretches. And the Seahawks need to go four and two. Could we be looking at a Detroit Lions playoff berth? Who's
1: who? Who's our last five? Because we got Lions. we got Minnesota one more time.
2: We got the oh. Jets. We got the Panthers, Packers, and Bears.
1: Hold on. Jets.
2: Jets, Panthers, Vikings, Bears, Packers.
1: Ooh, that Vikings game. <laughs> That's gonna be a big I mean, one. I feel like they could beat. I feel like they, they I feel like they beat Jacksonville. I think they'll beat the Bears. I think they'll beat the Packers. I think they could get the Jets.
2: Panthers.
1: I think they can get the Panthers. It's that that Vikings game. That Vikings game, man. That freaking Vikings game.
2: (laughs) And you know what's crazy? If the Lions do sneak in as that seven seed, they would likely be playing
1: Minnesota Vikings
2: in round one of the playoffs. And if they beat them once, they can beat them again.
1: So you're looking at the Lions being in a divisional round oh my goodness i'm saying there's a chance it is a chance and you know hey man those are good wins beating the beating the commanders beating the giants that that that's that's good stuff you got a chance you just got to control what you can control. And the only thing you can control, you can't control the Giants going three and three. You can't control the Commanders going three. and You can't control any of those things. The only thing you can control is you got to go out and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. And then you got to regroup and you got to come back and you got to beat the next team. And then you got to regroup and you just got to go out and win the games that you know you got to win. And if you do that, you give yourself a chance at the end. If you get caught looking at what everybody else got to do, that's my job. That's your job. Let, let, let the media, let us speculate about what you have to do. Your job, go beat Jacksonville. Go beat the Bears. Go beat the Panthers. Go beat the Packers. Go beat the Jets. Go beat the Vikings. If you do that, you give yourself a chance and let the pieces fall where they may. But if you don't and you get caught looking at the other people, then you end up losing a game and it's over.
2: It's going to be an exciting race to the finish. You got to control what you can control. Something, the final thing I want to ask you about, and it's out of the Lions control. Right now, they have a chance to make the playoffs and a chance at the second overall pick. I don't think they're going to pass the Texans and get the first overall pick, but the Rams currently have the fourth overall pick. The they're tied with the Broncos. Broncos are ahead of them by one pick, but Broncos probably going to get a couple wins down the stretch. They face the Rams too, so it very well could be that game decides who gets the third pick. And if the Bears beat the Packers on Sunday, Rams could pass Chicago too. Matthew Stafford Sounds as though he might not return. Aaron Donald's missing his first career game. Cooper Cup, probably done for the year. Allen Robinson done for the year. Lions could win a playoff game and pick second overall in the same season.
1: And that would be from the Stafford trade?
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. (laughs) Who'd have thought? Hey, man. When you do good by people, you put good energy out there, man. Sometimes good things happen for you, man. So it's that'd it's be lo- crazy, though.
2: It's looking like everyone is a winner in the Stafford trade. Stafford yeah. got to go free. Stafford got to win a Super Bowl. The Rams win a Super Bowl. And the Lions get Jamison Williams and possibly a top five pick.
1: Yeah, that, that worked out for everybody. Good That's karma. what you call a win-win.
2: Good karma going out into the world, letting Stafford go to where he desired. Another person sending good karma out into the world every single day. Glover quit. Glover, thank you so much for joining me once again. Any pluggables to plug or any final thoughts here?
1: Nah, man. Just, um, um, I mean, I can always plug my stuff, man. I feel like I plug that stuff all the time, man. Um, Just support the podcast, man. It's a lot of people doing great podcasts, man. Just support the podcast and enjoy football. Enjoy the holidays.
2: Enjoy football. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy Believe in Lions and the rest of the belief Network. Enjoy our friends over at betonline.ag. And until then, we will see you next time.
0: Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.